Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of DIY Biblical Parenting. Uh, I'm Andy Kesters, and I'm serving with the ministry Families Alive. And this podcast is all about encouraging and equipping you as parents to be the primary disciplers of your children. And what a gift that is, right? What a precious gift and a privilege it is to do that uh, with the Lord's help. Well, I wanted to share a story uh, with you today. Um, it was beginning of 2021. We had just gotten back from visiting family in Cincinnati, and all the kids, pretty much almost everybody in the house, seemed to have some kind of symptoms uh, of COVID. So we all get tested, and as we get each of the kids' results back, uh, we got some kind of notification. I can't remember if it was a, a call or if it was an email. It might have been both. But when we were going to find out my youngest daughter's results, they said, well, uh, we can give you the results, but we just want to uh, point out to you that uh, she's going to turn 12 soon. And as soon as she turns 12, then you're going to have to get permission from her or we're going to have to get permission from her to be able to share her test results. And that was kind of a rude awakening. Now, with our older kids, you know, they had to get the test results themselves and then share that with us or say that they could give us permission. So we already knew that with with them, which is strange in and of itself, right, at some level. But then uh, when it was like they communicated that threshold to us of, oh, she's about to turn 12, it was this kind of realization of like, wow, that is kind of crazy, like 12 years old, and they need her permission to share things with us. And then the same thing kind of came up with uh, our oldest son. He got a bee sting, and we were just kind of wanting answers about, you know, how to help him with that because we were seeing some reaction. And some of the same things were said in a similar way when he was younger. And this is in the state of North Carolina. So in your state, it might be different. I'm not sure. But it, it, it just hit me that we have a major cultural issue with autonomy and that it is screaming at our kids that autonomy from God, autonomy from others, autonomy from our parents is a good and right and we need to uh, just get away from anybody who's trying to have authority over us. Uh, and so just these test results from a COVID test for a 12-year-old, we would need to get, they, the doctor's office would need to get permission. And it really does all come back to the issue of autonomy. So I, I just wanted to speak about that uh, briefly in this episode because it's something we need to be able to prepare ourselves for as parents, to prepare our kids for, um, for the messages that the culture is, is really screaming at us about autonomy. Uh, not all autonomy is bad, uh, and I'll talk about that briefly, but uh, the culture, our government, structures of our society keep reinforcing autonomy. Um, and honestly, we find that the, the biggest push of autonomy is in connection with the sexualized culture. So if you just play that out in terms of, uh, you know, when our children 
when the society sees them as getting to the age of being sexually active, that's all of a sudden conveniently when they have their privacy where we need to get permission or the doctor's office needs to get permission to be able to share their medical uh, conditions or any kind of medical stuff. It ends up being connected to that age of when they could possibly be sexually active. Very interesting, right? So in a sense, it's like whether it was my son or my daughter, well, because this is around that age, and some of you may disagree with me on this, but that's really the threshold. Um, So we need to prepare our kids for that, that that's going to be a message that the culture is sending uh, to them. And that there's even restrictions built into our society that, that keep us from being able to interact just as parent and children. The definition of, of autonomy is the right or condition of self-government. So being able to govern ourselves, right? And uh, it comes from a Greek, you know, the Greek words that uh, self-legislation, self-governance. So there is a sense in which that's true, right? That there's some good self-governance that we should have, but the culture takes it too far. And there's so many themes in our culture that drive autonomy in a negative way. So I'm just going to break down three main ones in this episode. First one is uh, autonomy from parents. And so we see that just in the examples I already gave, right? Uh, With my youngest daughter and my oldest son in regards to getting their their medical answers from the doctor's office. But you see also in our culture that it's really pushing our children to want autonomy from us, especially if we are parents who want to point our kids to the God of the Bible. Uh, Because, I mean, honestly, our, our culture, our society sees coming under the authority of the God of the Bible as repressive. And that they, the the society, the culture, and even a sense our government wants to see our children as becoming autonomous from that kind of influence. Uh, I mean, this isn't like, I'm not a big conspiracy theory person or anything like that. I think that we can see that this is evident in our culture. So, You know, you just even think about what the scriptures say uh, about honoring father and mother and coming under their authority and how the Proverbs say, you know, my son, listen to the wisdom of your father. My son, listen to the wisdom of your mother. Uh, Really strong in the first five chapters of the Proverbs. That's a huge theme of, of coming under the authority of your parents, listening to their wisdom, now, it is true in, in the world that, boy, uh, it would be good if some kids were not under the authority of certain parents and that they didn't have to listen to and honor certain parents because there's some parents that are really steering their kids in a wrong direction big time uh, and kids who don't care or parents who don't care about their kids, right, uh, who abuse their kids, who neglect their kids. Of course, there's examples like that where you know, there's, there's a way in which those kids should be free of the authority of those parents because it's so poor. But in general, 
we shouldn't make rules in our society to cover just for those things when, in general, parents are trying to lead their kids in, in good ways. So autonomy from parents, big push in our culture, right? Uh, and just looking to the scriptures, pointing our kids to uh, you know, what God is pointing them to, to honor their parents, to listen to their wisdom. And we have to show that we're trustworthy, right? We have to show that we love them. Uh, if, if we're not paying attention to them, if we're neglecting them relationally, emotionally, uh, it's going to be easier for them to feel like they can't trust us and to believe those messages from the culture. Uh, second big autonomy is autonomy from others. So we see uh, in our culture, you know, things like we have a right to privacy. Um, we have uh, we talk about words of consent, like as long as uh, somebody that I want to do something with consents to do that with me, then other people shouldn't care about what's being done. As long as I have consent and permission, then it doesn't affect the rest of society or it doesn't even affect that person. Uh, as long as they're saying it's okay, then it must be okay and we should be allowed to do it. And then just a strong thing of what I want to do is my business. It's none of your business. Of course, is there some truth in those things? Yes. Um, or, you know, the shirts that people wear around sometimes that say, you know, only God can judge me. You know, that there, you can't speak into my life in any way. So there's this huge push for autonomy from others. Like, I am my own uh, governance I don't need people speaking into my life. I don't need authorities over me. I want to decide what I want to do. And, and there's this lie built into some of that, especially the consent and the right to privacy kind of stuff. There's this lie built into that, that what we privately do doesn't affect others outside of us. And that's just such a lie. You know, so whether it's, you know, if I'm looking at pornography, that doesn't affect other people. Uh, if I'm choosing to have a certain lifestyle in my home, that doesn't affect other people. But we know that those things aren't true. Like pornography is going to be an example of something that as, as someone is taking that in, that affects how they see other people and interact with other people. And it twists uh, things relationally. So it, it's going to affect other people. So this, this lie, and we need to show our kids this, that if they're just doing something privately or you know, making decisions to do sin in secret, as if it doesn't affect people, uh, we need to point them in a direction of, you know, these things do affect our hearts and minds. And really, if we just look uh, at the Ten Commandments, right, uh, the first four commandments are all about our relationship with God. And then the next six really are about our relationships with other people. So honor your father and your mother. Uh, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. On and on and on, right? So it, we can't consider ourselves autonomous from others as if the things that we do aren't going to affect other people. Uh, the Lord has all those things built into just even the greatest commandment, um, or the second greatest commandment, I should say, right? First commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we see the scriptures pointing to this. And then Jesus even ups the importance of our sin 
and how it affects other people. When he he says, you know, you shall heard it said, you've heard it said that um, you shall not murder, but I tell you that even if you have hatred in your heart towards someone, that that's an issue, or you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you have lust in your heart for someone else, it's like you are committing adultery because he knows that in our hearts, if we have sin in our thoughts, in that privacy of our own lives, that will make its way out into society. That will make its way out into our relationships. So we're not autonomous from people like that. And we need to help our kids to see that what's going on in their hearts, the sin in our hearts and in our thoughts, those things are forgiven. Those they're forgiven in Jesus. Uh, there is no sin that has not been paid for by Christ when our faith is in Him. Uh, but that 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 sin on the inside, just like Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that that sin's going to make its way out. So that lie of autonomy from others. Uh, we got to call that out and help our kids in that way to see that. Most importantly, autonomy from God. Uh, we see every effort to get God out of the public square, right? Uh, to get, especially the God of the Bible, uh, to get the authority of God out of life, out of society. I don't think I need to give many examples about that. I think it's pretty evident. But in the end, to say that we're autonomous from God uh, is like the starting point. Uh, the starting point of then going down roads of autonomy from others, from our parents. Because if we try to separa separate ourselves from a relationship with the Lord, from belonging to Him, from coming under His authority and His love and His care, uh, then we're just rejecting the most fundamental thing about our existence. And so, you know, Psalms 24 reminds us, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. So everything belongs to him. We belong to him. Every person that's created belongs to him. So to, to say that we're autonomous from God is the biggest lie we can tell, about our, tell ourselves about autonomy in our lives, right? And ultimately, the message of the gospel just smashes that idea of autonomy from God. Because in the gospel, in the good news of what Jesus has come to do, and this is so precious to tell our kids, right? That the Lord desires to be in relationship with those he, he created. And he wants to see that relationship restored uh, that our sin has broken. And so he comes to earth himself to be close to us, to become like one of us, to uh, live the life that we should have lived, one without sin, and to die the death that we deserve, that he didn't deserve at all, and taking that on himself. There is tremendous, there's a tremendous message of a personal God who cares so much for his people. And so autonomy from God is such a lie, and the gospel is really the greatest way that we can show that that is a lie to our kids and how personal and loving God is, how patient he is with us, and the lengths that he went to to redeem his people, to, to show his love and his care, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy. 
There is no uh, autonomy from God in that. There is a loving God who pursues after us in that. So what a message we can share with our kids. Let's help steer them in that direction of loving to be uh, close to the Lord, loving to be in relationship with other people, and realizing the, the impact that we have on others, and loving to come under the authority and love and care of their parents. And may the Lord instill trust and goodness in them for those things, right? Let's pray about those things together and, and seek those things in our parenting. And may the Lord lead you and guide you in those things. Lord bless you.